Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this episode of the Behind the Mask podcast, we're going to be talking about the National Football League, the owners meeting, the proposal for changing the Rooney Rule. Last but not least, what role does the Fritz Pollard Alliance is going to play in the negotiations? Let's go behind the mask. Welcome back to another special edition of the Behind the Mask podcast. I am your host, Takeo Spikes, joined alongside by my co-host, better known as the... Your favorite plus-size model, Tuton Reyes, in the building. And yes, we are back with the Behind the Mask conversations. And our guests, we are not going to hold up because it's imperative that we go straight to him, but he deserves the proper introduction. Super Bowl champ, former New York football giant, Stop also it. nicknamed, Stop it. nicknamed as the Stop captain, it. now chairman of the Pollard Alliance. Guys, please give it up for our guest, Mr. Harry Carson. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate the introduction. Yeah, Harry, so uh, thank you for joining us uh, because we'll jump right into it. We know um, recently the owners had a meeting and they decided to uh, extend or I don't know if a lot of people look at it this way, make better for most of the Rooney rule, but also table some issues, issues, but wanted to really get to uh, the proposal that they agreed to to extend the Rooney rule to no longer block assistant coaches from interviewing for a coordinator position with a new team. Uh, when you look at this, I see it creates more opportunity now for other minority coaches to be able to get these leading positions to take their next step to a head coach. Uh, do you look at this as a step in the right direction? Well, anything that they could have done would have been a step in the right direction because you know they found all kinds of ways to circumvent uh the Rooney rule to just go just blatantly go outside of you know the, the the rule and and not suffering any kind of consequence for their actions so anything that they would have done from a positive standpoint uh has helped the Rooney rule uh it, it was I, I hate to say that it, it, it probably was on life support for a period of time. So now I, I, I think there have been some chest compressions and it's coming back to life. And um, I think what they came up with in terms of giving coaches an opportunity to interview for positions, uh, um, you know, I, I think that is something that is very much positive and much needed because the way that it was before um it was like positions were there but guys weren't getting the opportunity because you know a team could say nope we don't want you to go whatever so now um it looks a little better i mean there's still a lot of work to do but i think that what they've proposed um is going to help tremendously and Mr. Carson, obviously with the Fritz Pollard Alliance, you guys are champions for diversity in the NFL, uh, but off the field positions. 
helping out minorities get their proper due, as you just mentioned. Uh, one of the things the team owners postponed on voting on was that teams could actually receive a third round pick if a minority uh, were to leave their particular team, go to another team and get a head coaching or a general manager position. What uh, are your thoughts on those type of incentives, if you will? And are we begging to be seen or is that something that's also considered as process progress? Well, I sort of had a feeling that it was going to be either defeated or tabled. And, you know, it being tabled is about the way that I sort of figured that it, it would go. But, you know, when this whole thing came out last week, I didn't have a whole lot to say about it because um, it was indicated that the information that was being disseminated was by a couple of individuals who were familiar with the situation, but they did not have permission to share it. But for whatever reason, it got out there. And so there was a lot of opinions uh, over the weekend in regards to this issue. And some people were in favor of it and some people were not. Uh, I, I, I feel like because people were talking about it, 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 it made things more important for, for people to think about, you know, this week, because nobody would have given a whole lot of thought to the owner's meeting and what was going on. But with this issue, um, you know, a lot of people were talking about it. And I think that it opened the eyes of a lot of individuals who didn't really think a whole lot about hiring and firing of coaches and about, you know, minorities not necessarily getting a, getting a shot. I, I think a lot of people have seen what has transpired with, you know, this, this uh, re rewarding um, teams and so forth. I just had a feeling that it wasn't going to fly because it was going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. But what it did do was it opened a conversation for people to have in regards to um, diversity within the National Football League. And so even if, even if they had knocked it down, I felt very confident that they were going to come up with something because when you have coaches who are qualified to be coaches in the National Football League, but they don't get the opportunity. And again, you know, let's talk about Eric Bieniemy. You know, we talk about Leslie Frazier. And, you know, these individuals are qualified and they're ready. I mean, Andy Reid has been touting um, Eric Bieniemy. But then, you know, he's not getting a shot. So you take a guy who has not been a coordinator and you elevate him to head coach of a franchise organization in New York, you, you know, that, that, that theory that you got to be a coordinator before you can become a head coach goes right out the window. So um, a lot, I think a lot of people saw that situation and saw that it's it's unfair. I mean, it's unfair to the enemy. It's unfair to Leslie Frazier, and the, sh the the light has been shined on that. And I think it's 
somewhat embarrassing for not necessarily the league, but the owners. And I think that is where the pressure should be applied, not necessarily to the folks over on Park Avenue, because Roger Goodell has, I mean, he has really worked hard to create that greater sense of diversity with uh, the Fritz Pollard Alliance. But still, you're looking at, um, yeah, I know I'm going long, but you're looking at these owners who do not necessarily want a black face to be the face of the organization. So, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, the commissioner has been working hard for it, but the, the, uh, the owners have, have been not necessarily um, feeling the same way. So it has, it, has, it has shined a light on the subject. And I think it, it, it is embarrassing to some of the owners. Going back to your point, you look at coaches, in particular, Joe Judge, special teams coach that came over from the New England Patriots, now the head football coach of the New York Giants. You look at his resume and you compare it to other people, even within a one-year time period. 24 of the last 33 hires have been from the offensive side of the ball, in particular, quarterback coaches. Uh, you mentioned a few guys, Leslie Frazier, who is somebody who has been outstanding as a coach and everywhere he's been, at every place that he's been. Even Eric Bieniemy, I had the opportunity to see an interview that was posted a few days ago. Uh, Eric Bieniemy was talking about somebody asked him the question, and the question was, how do you feel about the Rooney Rule or whatever? Uh, I played with Eric Bieniemy, and you know, this is me just looking at it. I can tell he was so frustrated. And his answer and response to that question was, you know what, I only can control the controllables. And then he also went on and said, at the end of the day, we all would like to be judged by our own merit, meaning mm -hmm. the work that he's put in. And he's done that on that side. Any other coaches that you would may would like to highlight Guys, so you think that deserves a notable shot or at least a notable look? Well, you know, I think that, um, you know, I don't have the coaches list here with me right now, but, you know, I look at Byron Lefwich and you see him down in uh, Tampa and he's doing a really good job down there. Probably will be doing an even better job with Tom Brady as your quarterback now. Um, uh you know, I can't really, uh, you know, call out, you know, certain, certain people that uh, are, are deserving, but the ones that mean so, mo so, so much to me is Biennemi because, you know, he's a guy who's been a part of a Super Bowl um, championship now, but also Leslie Frazier, you know, and you, you're looking at one guy from the offensive side of the ball and you're looking at one guy from the defensive side of the ball, and both of those guys are, are, are qualified. Leslie does have um, a head coaching experience in, in his resume. Um, but, you know, those guys have not gotten a shot. So uh, 
we'll we'll see what happens as as we move forward. I mean, I mean, there are coaches who are out there who um, have been frustrated, uh, disappointed um, at the lack of opportunities that have been presented to him to to them. So you know, let's let's see you know what happens this year. I hope the season is able to be played and um, you know guys who are in those positions are able to um, show that they are capable of running offenses and defenses and special teams and at some point down the line will become really good um, uh, head coaching uh, prospects. Yeah, and even going back to we talked about it earlier, you look at some of the coaches who are deserving, looking at the rule change or the extent extending the Rooney rule, making it a little better for more people or more minorities to get an opportunity. Gerard Mayo, another fellow linebacker from the New England Patriots. Last year, he had a lot of success within the few years that he started coaching. Won a Super Bowl as a coach. Even last year in preseason, he was calling all of the defensive signals. So to your point, uh, before I let Tutan jump back in, to your point, it is going to increase and allow more guys to be able to get certain looks. But at the end of the day, we all have to wonder and question, is it going to be proactive enough to finish the final run towards the finish line by getting some of these minorities hired? I think that, um, you know, we've already taken baby steps, but we're ready to take even bigger steps now to show what can be done. There are, there are a lot of guys who have played the game who have a desire to get back into the league as, uh, as coaches. Um, they don't necessarily see any kind of progress being made, you know, at that upper tier of coaching, whether it be coordinators or um, head coaches. And I think some of those, some of those individuals get a little frustrated and they sort of fall by the wayside. But I, I hope that uh, with improvements that are being made to uh, the Rona rule, I, I think, or I hope that more and more coaching um, prospects put more effort into climbing that ladder and not be frustrated and not give up and work their way to a position of being a coordinator and then eventually becoming a head coach in this league. You know, I'd like to see um, more uh, because I, listen, I played in the National Football League for 13 years. And when I left the game, <clears throat> the one thing that I knew was football and football players. And I think that if, if I had seen guys who look like me in positions of power, perhaps I would have stayed closer to the game and wanted to be a coach or a coordinator or, or eventually a, being a head coach. I had um, Marty Schottenheimer, who drafted me, taught me how to play the game. Greatest teacher of linebackers that I, would, that I could know. 
And then eventually, Bill Parcells was my linebacker coach, and then he became my head coach, and then Bill Belichick. Now, you have that kind of football knowledge, um, but then you don't feel that because I'm not seeing anybody with the exception of, of Arshel, who eventually came into the league as a head coach, there was nobody who looked like me. I mean, I think that if, if I had been exposed <clears throat> to more coaches of color, but also coaches who worked their way up to become head coaches, perhaps I could have been a part of the league and uh, could have extended the knowledge of, you know, those guys who, who I played for, because, you know, there's a lot of football knowledge here, but, you know, because of my skin, you know, I, I, and I'll be honest with you, I was a little discouraged and I felt like it was better to go and do other things than to kind of waste my time being a coach only to be fired at some point and not necessarily rehired because at, at the end of the day, um, you know, coaches are, are hired to be fired and you got to persevere and work your way through the system and um, be one of those guys who can establish himself over, over a, um, a period of time. And so um, quite frankly, it, it was better for me just to go ahead and, uh, mind my own business and not uproot my family like many of the coaches who, uh, you know, that's what you have to do when you become a coach. You got to come in five, six o'clock in the morning, work until 10 o'clock, not see your kids and all of that stuff. And I I quite frankly wasn't willing to to, uh, pay that price. But, you know, there are a lot of guys who are willing to do it and they should get a shot. Carson, one of the things I found intriguing about uh, the meetings and the adjustment to the rule was they're talking about increasing the odds. So doubling the amount of candidates to be interviewed. Uh, it's now going to go up to two for head coaches, at least one for a coordinator position, and then one external can- candidate for um, <clears throat> office positions. We know the rule hasn't worked to this point. Do you think that this adding, the uh, increasing the odds, I should say, Will this really help, or will it just phase out over 10 years, kind of like the rule has done to this point? Quite frankly, I I think the mere fact that people are focused on this now is going to um, make people more aware and make owners more aware of what they're doing. And, you know, before, you know, they could do whatever they want to do, and, you know, they might have gotten a slap, you know, for – violating the rule, but I think more eyes are going to be on um, those owners and GMs who are making the decision as to, um, you know, what are their hiring practices, who are they interviewing, and and so forth. So because there's more attention now being drawn to this subject, um, I, I think more and more teams and, and owners are p- going to pay a little bit more attention to what they're, they're doing. And hopefully, um, you know, we'll have more situations like uh, the Rooney family had with Mike Tomlin when, you, when they selected him as um, head coach for the Steelers.
And so when you look at it, uh, big picture, I want to go back to to the league because um, you said they may get a slap on the hand, but they made it clear by coming out saying they would take the input from the Prince Pollard Alliance to help foster an inclusive culture of opportunity both on and off the football field. This is the the league or the owners? Uh, this is, to your point, I guess you're right. This is the league. Mm -hmm. And so and I, I let you fill in the blanks on that because a lot of people, they're judgmental, judgmental of that comment, but you just made it clear. Is it the league office or is it the owners? Yeah. Even though they are one entity. Yeah. Well, they're not necessarily one entity. You got the owners who uh, own, there are 32 owners that own 32 teams. I don't necessarily, or the Fritz Pollard Alliance does not necessarily work with all 32 owners. We've worked with some of the owners. We've worked with coaches who are in positions uh, within the National Football League. So we have a good sense as to what some people within the league would like, and that is a greater sense of diversity. You look at uh, Bruce Arians down in Tampa. Half mm -hmm. of his staff is black or minority. They got two coaches who are female. So you're talking about, you know, tremendous diversity there with an organization, but also um, with a coach. But then you look at, you know, there are other teams around the league who are not very eager to deal with diversity. So Roger Goodell, Troy Vincent, the NFL front office, um, they are very much about diversity and trying to create change. And so I've been with the Alliance for about 15 years now, and I've seen good times and I've seen bad times. But I've also seen how the league um, and those folks on, on Park, Park Avenue how sometimes they have panicked when there are um, coaching positions available and nobody of color is selected because they know that it's going to reflect on the NFL, period. And that's why I think it's good that the NFL front office, Park Avenue, meet with the 32 owners because the 32 owners are the ones who are going to affect meaningful change. The NFL, they can take proposals and all of that stuff there, but it still has to be approved by the owners. And so with this whole situation with, you know, in terms of diversity and, and the failure to um, abide by the Rooney rule and all of that, that's not necessarily the NFL. That is 32 club owners. And I think the onus is now on those 32 club owners, not on Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell has been pushing it. Okay. And I think that whether it's 
Roger Goodell, Paul Tagliabue when he was there. That's the reason why the Fritz Pollard Alliance is, is, is there because Paul Tagliabue chose to work with the Alliance. Roger Goodell and the NFL have chosen to work with the Alliance. And so we've worked together. We, like I said, we've seen some, some good times and we've seen some not so good times, but ultimately, um, you know, we advocate for our constituents and those constituents are the minority coaches and uh, whether they be African-American or Latino or um, you know, female, you know, it's all about diversity with, uh, with the Alliance. So what has happened, I, I, I think, has opened the eyes of, of everybody and um, Hopefully, it's, it's a positive move that has uh, taken place in regards to diversity and, and the Rooney Rule. And former African-American head coach, you know him, you're familiar with him, Tony Dunsey, a little mm -hmm. bit skeptical still. Um, he didn't really agree with the plan and how it's uh, being implemented. He's on record saying he's never been in favor of rewarding people for doing the right thing. So do you feel the plan is, uh, is doing that, rewarding people, rewarding teams for doing the right thing, as opposed to those teams in the NFL actually being a truly diverse place in its nature? Yeah, quite frankly, I don't even think that it's going to come to that. I don't think this, um, this idea is going to pass. But as I said earlier, I think what it does is it opens the eyes and, and it puts more pressure on the people who the pressure should be applied to. And that pressure should be applied to the owners. And, and I think that change is going to come about because, you know, these owners now know that people are watching them and when it comes to them firing and hiring. And when you got a guy like an Eric Bieniemy, you know, some people are going to say, you know, let's say this coming year, they play a full season and um, owner decides he wants to go in a different direction. How can you not look at a guy like an Eric Bieniemy? It's going to put a whole lot more pressure on an owner who in the past might have called somebody from down, down the hall into the office and categorize that as an interview. And they can check that box and then move forward. Now they have to be a little bit more serious about, you know, selecting uh, a head coach and also understand that um, the, the candidates that they look at can't necessarily be, you know, all guys who are internal. You got to go out. And, and, and get somebody externally and bring them in and give them a shot. Because like I said, more eyes are gonna be on them now and a little bit more pressure is going to be on them. And if that is not the case, um, you're gonna have a clamoring of people and um, guys on sports talk shows and they're going to be talking about the Rooney rule again and so you know we're going to have this issue again if nothing is done but uh, again I, I agree with um tony dungy i'm not necessarily in in, in favor of 
you know, rewarding someone for doing what should be the right thing. You know, I'm old school, but at least you're getting people to talk about it. Either way, you know, whether it passes or, or, or not, at least people are talking about it. And I think that's a good thing. Um, you know, we spoke with, as you know, Rod Graves, the executive director of the Fritz Pollard Alliance. And his main quote that really stuck out to me, and you made me think about that when you talk about people are now going to be watching. And they are going to be watching now with expectations when new hires are being made. And um, from the Rooney Rule extension, it's going to put the eyes on the team. But when you look at it overall, um, I personally say I think it's embarrassing. Because as you mentioned, when you look at um, Eric Bieniemy, certain candidates, or even Leslie Frazier, who you can't even use the excuse of not having enough experience. Um, but when you look at it overall, it's, it's very embarrassing uh, to me because as Rod said, we're good enough for the production or to be able to produce in the game of the NFL, but we're not good enough to be the decision makers or we're mm -hmm. not good enough to be able to play or used to be not good enough to play a certain position as now we see the quarterback position, you look at the top two quarterbacks this past year in the National Football League, easily hands down Baltimore's quarterback, um, Lamar Jackson, and then Patrick Mahomes. And so um, I also heard something, and I know I'm going on, but I wanted to share this with you. I was listening to a talk show radio, and one of the guys he used to play in the NFL, it was Brady Quinn, and he was talking about the Rooney Rule, and his words were, you know, it's hard to make certain people, you know, just hire who you want them to hire. I get it. I agree with him on that. Um, but he made a comment after that, and he was like, um, it's uncomfortable to talk about, but his comment was, he really don't know how to say anything or probably wouldn't say anything because he didn't think because he was black, none of his teammates would want to hear from him if he would say anything. And I personally disagree because I think of most times, or oftentimes, you know, it takes somebody from another race to come out and say, not necessarily put mud in, what's going on from the obvious standpoint, but I think it takes another person to come out and say, especially if you're not of that race descent, to say, you know what? This is valid. It is true. And that's the reason why I feel like it's, it's, it's so disrespectful. But my question to you is, what is, I know a lot of people will hear this, a lot of active players, I know a lot of former players will hear this. What is your message to all of the guys uh, to make them understand or to give them a nugget to make them walk away and say, you know what, I really need to think about this. And maybe I could be that active guy who wants to be in that front office and let my position be known by what I say. You know, I, you know, there are certain players that I greatly admire. Um, the one guy who I wish I could have played with is Chris Long. Chris Long 
has been so involved in um, diversity and in equality and um, I I saw him a couple of years ago at the um, Super Bowl down in Atlanta. And, you know, I know his dad, Howie. Um, I'm so proud of Howie and his wife and the way that they've raised their sons. And to know a player like a, like a Chris Long, who's willing to go out there, he's not looking at himself, you know, but he's looking at, um, his teammates who might not necessarily be getting a fair shot or you look at um, he, he's looking at um, un unjust situations taking place with African American players and he's putting him, himself out on the line and putting, putting his neck out there um, so you know I admire those individuals like him who are willing to put themselves out there and fight for what is right. Um, I'm one of those people that, you know, I don't, I don't stand to earn anything from the Fritz Pollard Alliance. I've never been paid one penny from the Fritz Pollard Alliance. But what I do is I, I've seen so many uh, coaches of color not get the opportunity, who've coached their asses off and have not gotten the opportunity to ascend to um, a head coaching position, even a, even a coordinator position. And, you know, I feel, I feel bad for them but I feel like, let me say whatever I can say to help them so that they don't have to put themselves out there. And that's the reason why I've been involved with the Fritz Pollard Alliance, because we're not looking at things for ourselves. We are advocates for diversity, uh, for, for change. And what we try to do is get people to do the right thing. You know, and that's why we have have had close relationships with, you know, coaches who feel very strongly about diversity within the National Football League, especially, you know, Dan Rooney and, you know, what he strived to do in getting the Rooney rule passed. So, I mean, there are people like that who know it's the right thing to do and they put themselves out there and they try to hold others accountable for the lack of action or the lack of progress or whatever. This is, this is 2020. We shouldn't even be having this conversation now, but we are. And I think part of the reason why we're having this conversation is because, I mean, I mean I'm just looking at the political situation within this country. I mean, there are some people who feel like, you know, we need to go back and, you know, make everything lily white and we don't owe anybody anything. Well, you, I'm not saying you owe anybody anything, but just give people a shot to show what they can do. And, um, yeah, 
that's that's why we're here. That's why I'm sitting here, and that's why um, uh, we still need the alliance and uh, someone to be an advocate for those who really don't have a voice. Mr. Carson, man, you're a champion on the field, obviously, and I eyes, a champion off the field. Uh, diversity, inclusion is an ever-evolving landscape. So I guess we just want to know what's next for the Fritz Potter Alliance as it pertains to the NFL and these 32 teams. Well, we're going to keep our eyes open as to, you know, where we're going to go from, um, you know, with the NFL and their proposal to the owners. And hopefully we'll see some progress um, down the line, whether it be um, in the positions of head coaches or GMs or um, other individuals within the, the upper echelon of NFL teams. Um, we feel like there should be more um, diversity. Uh, again, you, you, I, I'm looking at Tampa, you know, to, to see Tampa do the things that they've done, bringing in females who are not just token females, but females who have a job, who are well-respected. You look at uh, San Francisco, you know, they have a female on their staff. You have Buffalo. They've got a female on their staff. Uh, you look at the Miami Dolphins and the diversity that uh, they, ex they exhibit within that organization. Um, hopefully, we'll see more and more uh, teams embrace it and not necessarily try to find ways to circumvent rules, but just do the right thing. Mr. Carson, we appreciate the time. Thank you for the knowledge and the wisdom as always. And we'll definitely stay close with you because this is going to be evolving. And uh, we definitely want to check back in with you to get more updates as we continue to see progress or hope for progress to be made. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Behind the Mask podcast where we talk with New York giant great Harry Carson. We talked about the NFL owners vote on the Rooney Rule, as well as what the Fritz Pollard Alliance is doing to increase diversity throughout the NFL. Make sure you share, subscribe, and indulge in quality content. And remember, we need your engagement. It's this easy. That easy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.